0: it's chase. Oftentimes, people don't understand, Pastor Chris, why we give God praise the way that we give God praise, but does anybody know about God doing something for you that only he could have done? I know it might be make-believe or fairy tales for some of you, but does anybody know about God stepping in right at the very last iota of a second and showing up and saying, I had you all alone? Can I give y'all a quick testimony? I'm gonna make this real quick. Many of y'all know that I've been going down to Atlanta Weekly, trying to finish up seminary, then hopefully, with God's help, I'll be graduating in May. And Maryland, this last year has been the roughest, the roughest, the roughest, the roughest, in caps, underscored, bold, the roughest, Semester and year. I, I can't talk without getting too emotional. And, and th- this was the semester that I was supposed to finish up everything and just, you know, kind of just lay low. But this was the semester Dr. Saxon that they told me that all of your financial aid has been exhausted. They said everything has been exhausted, and, and so you're going to have to pay for this. <laughs> yeah. And so. Of course, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a man of faith, I suppose. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I'm telling everybody else about faith, Pastor Chris, and I'm telling everybody else about holding on and not let go, all that good stuff like that. But I find myself like, Lord, okay, what's this about? <laughs> you the one that told me to do this now. I know you're not about to go and leave a brother hanging like this. I know y'all say if y'all don't have conversations like that. <laughs> and so make a long story short. For those of you that know about financial aid, you got your subs and your unsub, and after you exhausted that, the only thing that's left is is Grad Plus. And so, Grad Plus is is the loan that 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 you have to go and they have to check your credit. <laughs> and so Lord Jesus and so I went and I applied for it, and I was uh, believing in faith. Believing in faith, Minister Miller, I was like, the Lord is going to open the door. He's going to do this. I got faith. And I went and I applied for it, Deaconology, and I applied, and I, I entered it and came back denied. Did it again a couple of weeks later. Because, you know, I'm going through a credit cleaning thing. And so I was like, a couple of weeks later. I sent it in again. Y'all know, (laughs) like y'all know about that stuff. Uh, I sent it back in again. A couple weeks later, it was denied. I did it about four or five times, denied. And on the last time I went and I saw this little button on it, that said, um, appeal. And so I went and I clicked on it and I, I... Called the number and I told the people what was going on and they told me why it was a, why it was denied or whatever and it was something that could have easily been fixed or whatever something that wasn't that wasn't uh, that was an error and so I went and I got my information and I sent it in to show them that that everything was legit and and so I got word last Friday that I had been approved. Okay. <laughs> Also, on last Friday, Mama Algie, I found out that I had received a, a Kojic Charity Scholarship last week. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Then I found out that I found out that I had received a United Negro College Fund Scholarship. Then I found out that I received its brother, the one that's bigger, the United Negro College. Okay. All right. I'm just talking about holding on, even when. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. But that's not the that's not the shout right there. That's not it right there, because when I when I called my financial aid administrator I, I, and found out about all this stuff and told him that I had been approved for the for the grad plus, it was like she was like, everything is go- that's great. Everything is going to be cool for next semester. I, I, ne- next semester and so she was she said next semester everything will be all will be well she said because it's november and we've already taken care of all the financial aid and stuff like that i can't go and originate a loan this late in the semester well we family um it, november 30th is the deadline that you got to have property taxes paid anybody know anything about property taxes know that if you don't pay them property taxes <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so I'm like, okay, that's cool for next semester. But then she also told me, Mama Rita, she said, and as far as the money that you would have received for this semester pertaining to the grad plus, since it's this late in the semester, I can't go ahead and give you that. I'll give you the second installment because, you know, they break it up in two. And she said, I'll break, you'll get the second installment, but you'll have to forfeit this fall installment because you've missed that deadline. And so the Lord just said, let, let it go, hang up, deal with it when you get down there. Long story short, I got down there. Minister Chase and I, I went and talked to Ms. Garnigan, and we had our niceties, and we went and we talked and everything. And, and before I left, I already knew what she said, and I, I was like, oh, sweet Lord. And so I, I said, I said Miss Garnigan, I said, I know what you told me about the financial aid and about the Grab Plus and how you can't originate loan right now, but if, if you don't mind, I really could use that right now. And so she goes and she explains to me all over again, and she says, "Well, I understand that, and you've been very patient, and you, because by this time they know me by name, first name, because I've been calling down all semester." And and so she was like, "You've been very patient, and 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 this is this is something that the Lord has opened up for you, that grad plus or whatever." And she was like, "But this is there's no way that I can go and do that because we've closed our books. This is an HBCU, and so you know they they money ain't always the most." Praise the Lord. And she, she said, we've already closed our books, and we've already closed it. And if I were to go and try to originate something right now, if, if something were to come back wrong like it probably would, then I could lose my job. And so I kind of just sat there. And Elderhood, right at that point in time, my, I play this little game with my little daughter, Morgan. I throw her up in the air, and she giggles or whatever. And I tell, I grab her, and I catch her, and I say, I got you. And she'll, she'll repeat right back at me. She'll be like, I got you. I thought, I got you. She yelled back, I got you. And so right when Ms. Garnigan said that it would cost her job, I heard, y'all think I'm crazy. I heard Morgan in my ear through the voice of the Lord, I got you. Yeah. I know it's make-believe to y'all. This is a cartoon to y'all, but I'm just trying to tell you what the Lord did, what the Lord, the Lord did. Somebody say the Lord. Oh. And so she said that, and as I was grabbing my keys to leave, she says, well, there's one thing we might be able to do. Maybe you can go and you can get an advance on it. And we can go and talk to, Ms. Talk to Dr. Littlejohn. You send her an email and I'll go talk to her. And maybe she'll give you an advance on it. So I'm like, okay, yeah. Then I asked Dick and Algie, I said, how likely is that to work? She's like, not very. I'm like, she set me up for failure. And so I was like, well, is there any way that I could go talk to her? She said, well, well no, no, but I'll go, I'll go talk to her. And she went back and Dr. Littlejohn was on the phone and she was just going to say to just come back to do the email thing, and she was going to go talk to her. But before I left, she was like, let me go try one more time. And so she went back. She sent me in the waiting room, and, and Dr., Dr. Littlejohn has this reputation for no. This little old lady has a reputation for no. All over the campus, she's known as Dr. No. Because she's the lady. She's over all all financial services, and she don't play with money. So she went back, and she was talking to her for about about 15, 20 minutes, and I'm in the waiting room, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this little old lady comes around. I'd never seen her before, but I knew her reputation, and so she comes in, and she says, she comes around the corner, she's like, well, Mr. Illinois, Mr. Illinois, Mr. Illinois, I had to come and meet Mr. Illinois, and so... I'm sitting there and I don't know whether to be scared or to to smile or hug her. And I stand up. I'm like, "Yes, ma'am. I'm Stephen Robinson." She's like, "Yes, I had to come meet this gentleman that I was just told that is driving down from Illinois every week to the ITC. What would make you do that, And so Pastor Swims, I went and I started telling her about how I was accepted back in 2004 and I was about to go down there, but my daddy got sick and I had to stay to help him and support him and assist him at the church and all that stuff. And I went and I started giving giving her the whole rundown, everything. And she was like, well, where are you staying when you come down here? And I'm like, I told her, well, the the Lord has had favor on me. And the hotel that I was staying at, they done drastically reduced the price because they saw I was coming down weekly and everything. And as I was talking, Pastor Swims, she kind of just uttered under her breath kind of interrupted me as I was giving her the rundown. She was like, oh, by the way, that's already taken care of. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. And I stopped to make, I was, I was like, I was telling everything I, I heard. I, it finally sunk in what she said. I was like, I, I said, say what? She's like, yeah, I, I already took care of that. She, she said, "I couldn't, I can't allow good conscience to know that you're coming down, making such a commitment to ministry, making such a commitment to your future, making such a commitment to investment in your life that I couldn't help but to go and help you out in this situation." And so she goes and she tells me, then Deacon Russell, she says, "She says from here out, she said, she said from this point in time now, and by this time she was calling me son, and I was feeling real good." <laughs> and she, she's like. At this point in time, she's like from from now on, I'm gonna make sure that everything you need. She said if you need anything, you ain't even got to go to financial. You ain't even got to go to financial aid. You come directly. Y'all not catching none of this. Y'all not catching none of this. I'm a, uh-huh, yeah, yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. You come directly to me. And she brought me back over to Miss Garnigan's office, and she was setting some things up, and Miss Garnigan was just looking at me, grinning. And when Miss Dr. Littlejohn left, she was like, Somebody must like you. And I looked up, I was like, Somebody must love me. And so let me end this thing. When I was sitting there, we were signing everything, and I was. we were signing this stuff off and, and 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 I'm thinking in my mind, I'm calculating in my mind. I'm like, okay, I know this stuff takes a long time. I done dealt with financial pain before. I'm like, okay, it takes about two or three weeks to process this stuff. And so I'm like, as long as we got as long as it's here by the thirtieth, so I can wait for the tax. As long as it's here by November the thirtieth, I'm good. And as I was saying that, Ms. Garnigan said you can pick up your check tomorrow at two o'clock.
1: when you see me up here and my hand jumps up, when you just see me shout out glory to your name, I don't have Tourette's syndrome. I just thought about the goodness of the Lord. Because my grandmama would say, I've seen the lightning flashing. I've heard the thunder roll. I felt sin breakers and trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus say he'll never leave me. So now, my testimony becomes your encouragement. Because throughout this whole period of time, I found myself, God, I don't feel like ministering to them. I need somebody to minister to me. I don't feel like singing to them. Somebody needs to sing to me. God, I don't feel like tithing. But God said, you proved yourself faithful to me, I'm going to be faithful to you. I wonder if there's anybody in the house that can give God praise for faithfulness, even when everything says no.
2: Letting me see the dawning Of a brand new
3: Did it for me. Yeah, yeah.
1: You did it for
3: me. Yeah. You did it for me. yes. You did it for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you did it for me. Yeah, yeah. You did it for me. Yeah, yeah. You did it for me Oh, say thank, you. Thank, you. thank you Thank you Thank you For all that you've done Thank you Help me say, help me say
4: You gotta reason to and thank him. I can't thank him like you can for your own life. So go ahead, just take this time, mother, just thank him in your own way. You know what he's done. You know what he the way that he's made. Come on, just thank him, thank him, thank him. Come on, thank you. Make his room for more. Come on and thank him. Come on and thank him. It hasn't been on your own that you made it, but it's been by the hand of God that's kept you. Well, you should have lost your mind, when well, you should have lost your home, should have lost your car, should have lost your, guy, your job. You should be broke. You should be strung out on drugs. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Come on, go find one person and testify and tell them of one thing that God has done in your life. I know we can't narrow it to one, but ain't one thing that God has done in your life that nobody else could do. Come on, find somebody and testify and tell them one thing. One thing that it was only by God, it was only by the hand of God, it was only by the strength of God that he did it. It wasn't you on your own strength. It wasn't you that you did it, but it was God. It was God that did it. It was God that made the way. It was God that opened the doors. It was God that touched your body. It was God that touched your mind. It was God that touched your job. It was God that touched your finances. It was nobody but God. Somebody said, every time I turn around, every every time I look to my left, I look to my right. I look to the front. I look to the back. He keeps on making a way. He We got a reason to thank them. Dangers seen and unseen. Accidents we should have been in. Shots that should have been geared towards
1: us. Sicknesses and illnesses that should have taken us out. But it's been nobody but God that's kept us. Nobody but God that laid his hand upon us and kept them away from our doorposts.
4: Come on, we got a reason to thank him. You got a reason to thank them. You got a reason to thank them. You got your hands to move. You got your feet to walk on. You got a reason to thank them. You got food on your table. You got clothes on your back. You got a roof over your head. You got a reason to thank them. I've got a reason. I've got a reason. I've got a reason to thank him. Through dangerous thorns and scares, he kept me. I've got a reason. I've got a reason. I've got a reason. I've got a reason to thank him. When you should have lost your mind, he kept your mind in perfect peace. (laughs) Uh, When you want to walk out, God gave you staying power to stay where you were. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got a reason. I've got a reason. Come on, tell your neighbor, say anybody. I've got a reason to thank them. I've got a reason to thank them. Got more bills and I got money, but everything gets paid right on time. I don't know how. I don't know how it happens, but it happens every month. Don't know how I've been riding on a half a tank of gas for the past two weeks, but he keeps on making a way. <laughs> keeps on making a way. Everybody else is losing their job in my department, but God still has me with the job. I've got a reason to thank him. I got a reason to thank him. If you look back at my past and who I was, I shouldn't have what I have now. I shouldn't be where I am though. I shouldn't have be where I am now. But it's only been by the grace of God. So I've got a reason. I've got a reason to thank him. 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 First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter five. Starting at verse 16. First Thessalonians chapter five. Starting at verse 16. When you have it, just stand for the reading and reverence of God's word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting at verse 16. And just let us all stand, those that are able to stand, for the reading and reverence of God's word. I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible, and it says, Be happy in your faith, and rejoice, and be glad hearted continually, always. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perversively. Verse 18 says, thank God in everything no matter what the circumstances may be be thankful and give thanks for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus the revealer and the mediator of that will let me read it from the king james version it says in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you father god in the name of jesus we come before you right now, God, we, we magnify you. We glorify you, God. And God, we ask that you turn our hearts towards you right now. Turn our ears towards you. Turn our minds towards you, oh God, that we may be receptive to the word of God on today. Devil, you are a liar and you are already defeated. And we stomp on your head on today to let you know where your rightful place is. And that's underneath our feet. God, may you may, may you be glorified. May we be edified. And may the devil be horrified. And we ask all these things in your name. We pray and we say amen. Amen. Did they just take Brother Brown out? Come on, saints of God, we're going to pray. I don't know. We don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But we're going to pray. Join hands with your neighbor. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we lift up. We call our Brother Jerry Brown by name, Father God. We lift him up to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we speak health over his life. We speak refreshing. We speak renewance. We speak rejuvenation right now in the name of Jesus. From the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. We pray right now for a supernatural intervention, Father God, to step into that man's body right now in the name of Jesus. We pray right now in the name. We come against every sicknesses. We come against illnesses right now in the name of Jesus. They have taken up and come into complete violation of his body. Devil, come out of him right now in the name of Jesus. Bring the illnesses out. Bring the sicknesses out right now in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over his life right now. We serve notice to you, devil, that you have. You are in complete violation of this child of God. And God, right now, we lift him up and we put you into his hands. We lift up his wife right now in the name of Jesus, Oh God. Give her peace right now, God. I pray right now that her spirit is continuing to pray. That her spirit is continuing to praise in the name of Jesus. And God, because we as believers, we call those things that be not as though they already were. We believe and we decree and we declare and we claim complete healing and restoration in his body right now in the name of Jesus. And because we're dumb enough to believe you and because we're dumb enough to praise you, we're going to give you a praise in advance. We're going to give you a hallelujah in advance. We're going to give you a thank you Jesus in advance. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. It is so. It is so. It is so. It is so. What was your point when we believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says I'm healed. His report says I'm clean. We shall believe the report of the Lord. Come on and put those sanctified hands together and give God a free praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 Sister Jewel, is he all right? He's all right. Come on, the prayers of the righteous avail them much. Come on, something happens when the saints of God come together and begin to, t- to petition and, 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 and hit on the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Come on, tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I have a reason to thank him. Come on, tell your other neighbor, I have a reason to thank him. Come on, find somebody behind you and tell them, I have a reason to thank him. Come on, find somebody across the road and tell them I have a reason to thank them. Come on, if you only knew my testimony, if you only knew my story, you will realize why I have a reason to thank them. You will know why I lift my hands, you will know why I dance, you will know why I fight. If you only knew, if you only knew. Well, since we're at church, we might as well have church So come over and put those sanctified hands together and give God a 30-second praise. Hallelujah. There is a word from the Lord. I have reason to thank him. The apostle Paul is an example to every believer to what God can do when we yield to his divine will and purpose for our lives. Acts chapter 9 gives the account of Saul before his conversion. The Bible says that he took much pride in killing the disciples of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he was zealous. He was a Pharisee. The Pharisees were the elite of the elite or the religious party. They believed that along in believing in Jesus Christ to get into heaven, there was some work that you had to do to get in as well. Saul, before his name changed, was on the Damascus Road when he had an encounter with Jesus. He lost his sight for three days, but later retained it after Ananias laid his hands upon him. Saul receives Jesus Christ into his life and begins to preach in the synagogues. He blows the minds of the people because they don't know how to take them. They know Paul, they know Saul, they're reminded of the murderer that he was. They're reminded of the slanderous and murderous um, harassing messages that he would give to the believers. But now he's preaching the gospel. Some were afraid to receive him as a disciple because of his past ventures. God does an amazing work in the life of Paul that encourages the believer today that nothing or no one is too hard for God. The primary purpose of the book of 1 Thessalonians is Paul's concern for the newly developed Thessalonica church. Thessalonica was an important port where multitudes interacted and and emerged in commerce. Paul was there for possibly maybe three weeks on assignment by the Lord, and many souls were saved. And the Jews became jealous and turned the township people against Paul. With the departure of Paul, he sends his son Timothy to check on the saints. Paul had a deep concern for the saints because of the persecution that they were enduring. He rises that not only to admonish, to give them warning, to safeguard them against the wolves and sheep clothing, but he get, and, and to give them principles and instructions to live by thanking them for the faith, for moving in faith through Jesus Christ, through through much hatred and turmoil was at their doorstep. But most of all, he was advising them to pursue the Lord with all of their hearts because he is to return. Even though the Destiny Lycan church was pressed on every side, they continue in the things of the Lord anyway. Saints of God, I'm coming to the realization in my walk with the Lord that persecution, discouragement, tears, confusion, frustration, irritation, and agitation will come. But as a believer whose hope and life and total dependency, trust, and faith is grounded in the Lord, we can have joy no matter what's going on in our lives. Not the superficial joy, saints of God, that our joy is based off of natural things, is based off of material things, but the joy that goes beyond the, 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 the joy that goes beyond the material and inwardly that reminds us of the supernatural power of God that desires to operate in our lives. Paul knew human nature. He knew how fickle people, and he knew how fickle us as believers could become. And that's why he said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, glide your hearts. Again, I say rejoice. A.J. Mason, a theologian, says this, the Christian who remains in sadness and depression really breaks a commandment. In some direction or other, or, or or other, he mistrusts God, His power, His providence, and His forgiveness. Got a question for you this morning, saints? Despite what's going on in your life right now, at this moment, have you, have you given God thanks? Despite what you may be, despite what you may be experiencing right now at this moment at 11:15 a.m. Sunday, November the 21st, 2010, have you given God thanks in spite of what you're going through right now? Because as believers, this is what Paul was trying to get them to understand. It's a newly developed church, and he said, "I appreciate. It. I'm so excited about the souls that's being saved. I'm so excited about what God is doing, and I'm also so much more excited that despite the persecution, despite people purposely coming." against you because you decided to follow me that you are continuing on in the faith. He said, but let me just give you a few tidbits because he reminds the believers. He said, listen, I do not find it to be irritating to repeat myself. I said, I don't find it irksome. I don't find it annoying. He said, but I'm not doing this for my good. He said, but I'm doing this for your good. I'm the example, but I am the, I am, I'm an example in front of you to lead you to the primary example, which is Jesus Christ. He said, listen, my desire, he said, I'm torn. Elder Robinson, he said, I'm torn because really I want to die and go home and be with the Lord. He said, I'm only here for your sake. I really want to go home to be with Jesus. But while I'm here, there's some things that I I want to deposit into your spirit because I need you to understand that as you mature as a believer in God, that you're going to have to develop a praise on the inside that no matter what you go through in life, that you can still find something to give God thanks and praise for. He said, no matter what comes up in your life, because listen, just by you receiving this persecution from the, from the Jews, this is not the only thing that you're going to have to face. Yeah. He said, but in everything that you come up to in life, that you are going to have to rejoice and give God thanks and give God praise, not for what you're in, but because the God that lives on the inside of you. Yeah. He tells him, he said, listen, I want you to understand, don't depend on your flesh. Don't rely on your flesh because in this flesh lies no good thing. He said, listen, I can testify and I can tell you, listen, you know what? Sometimes I may want to lean on my flesh, but I realize that my total dependency has to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, so when I go through different things, I don't rejoice because I'm in it. I rejoice because God is with me while I'm in the fire. He said, I rejoice and I have joy and I'm glad because the God that made the fire, the God that made the situation that I'm in, he's there with me all the time. Isn't it something to realize, saints of God, that everything that we go through in life, that God is right there, right beside us in it. And we, when we develop this mindset and we, when we begin to see this as the way that God will allow us to see it, we will handle the circumstances, we will handle the situations that we have in life so much more calmer because we realize that God is there. Paul said, Listen, he said, I, Yes, I've achieved some things. God has opened up some doors, I've been able to travel and evangelize the world. He said, but I consider all of that poop. Uh He said, it means nothing if I don't have Jesus Christ. He said, listen, I know, I know that you see me as an example. I know that you see me as being this great man of God that that God has used to do great things. He said, but listen, don't get it twisted. Let me remind you, I was once, I was the one that used to kill people like you. He said, but it was only by the grace of God that he saved me and transformed my life and put me in the place that I am right now. Saints of God, listen, we don't dwell on the past, but you must never forget what God has done for you. And you must never forget what the the transformation that God has done in your life. Sometimes people get Alzheimer's and they forget what they used to be. They forget their past behaviors. They they, forget. They forget. The person that they once were before God changed them. And then they have the nerve to look down on somebody else who was just the place where they were. When it had not been for the grace of God, you still could be on drugs. You still could be an alcoholic. But it was God, his supernatural power that came into your life and transformed you. And Paul said, I was found blameless. And now I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. People are scared of me because they don't know how to take me now. Folks don't want to come talk to me, but the Bible says they sent a man named Barnabas that that took him underneath his wing and they traveled together, preaching the word of God, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And people are still and are in shock and astonishment. Is that Saul that's up there preaching with the robe and mic in his hand? Is that Saul telling people to get right? But it was because of the supernatural power of God that stepped into Saul's life, that stepped into Paul's life, and transformed him into what God desired him to be. He begins verse 18 by saying, In everything give thanks. A believer's joy does not spring from his circumstances. But from the blessings that are there is because they are in Christ. Our outlook and our current trials and tribulations must change and be seen through the eyes of Jesus Christ. Paul wasn't just an example to the churches then, but he is an example to the church now. His life demonstrates to us that there can can only be a giving of thanks in everything when there's a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, I talked about this on Tuesday night. We could talk about how it's my season, it's my turn, it's my time, but if you don't know who the creator of the time is, if you don't know who the creator of the season is, if you don't know who the creator is, there's no point in you having a season or a time. He said, but listen, I'm trying to get you to understand, yes, it can be your season. Yes, it can be your time, but I need you to mature to the place that even when you have to go through pure 100% hell, that you can still give me thanks. He said, I must mature you to the place so that when you go through certain things in life, you won't see yourself as being a victim, but you already see yourself as being a victor. Why? Because I live down on the inside of you. And when you go through things in life, I'm going through those things with you. I'm there right beside you. And he said, but the only way that you can be able to give me thanks, the only way that you can be able to acknowledge me in all things is when you have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Saints of God, Paul was trying to get the church back to the basics. He was trying to get them back to the fundamental things of God. He was trying to get them back to those things to let them know that, listen, yes, you can have houses. Yes, you can have money. Yes, you can have cars. But it means nothing if you don't have me. He said, what's the point of having houses? What's the point in having titles? If you don't have Jesus and you die and spend your life burning in hell. He says, listen. I got to get you back to the basic things. I have to get you back to how you need to treat your brothers and sisters, how you have the love. I got to get you back to the basic things about living holy. I have to get you back to the basic things to remind you, listen, as a believer, you mind your own business, you go to work, you do what you're supposed to do, and you take care of yourself. I got to get you back to the basic stuff. Tell you that we got to get back to the basics. We got to get back to the basic things to build the foundation that we can be able to build a bond. He said, but you gotta have, the first thing that you gotta do is you gotta have that personal intimate relationship with me. He said, well preacher, what are you talking about? You've been preaching, you've been talking about having a, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because the only way we're gonna make it in this Christian walk is by having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because that may come a time where you need you need something and you may not get a hold of the pastor, you may not be able to get a preacher, you may not be able to get a deacon, but you have the relationship with God. Then listen, I know, I love my pastor, I Love for him to lay hands on me, but because he's not here, I have the same power to lay hands on myself and expect the same results. <laughs> he said, "Listen, I got to get you to the place where you have a relationship because I understand." He said, "I understand the human nature. I understand how fickle people can be." He said, "Listen, I understand you're excited about your salvation now, but let me check back with you in two months." Let me check back with you in two weeks and see, are you still thriving? Are you, st- do you still have that same passion? Do you still have that same love for me that you had before? And even before he even gets down to them about telling them to be thankful, he reminds them. He said, listen, you have to pray without ceasing. Listen, saints of God, he's not saying, God isn't saying that we just quit our jobs and just pray all day. Now it would be ideal <laughs> if we could quit our jobs and pray all day. He said, but the type of prayer that I'm talking about is that even while you're even, yes, I want you to put aside sacred time, consecrated time that you spend just, just you and I. He said, but also, I want you to have a praying spirit that you're praying at all times. You're just walking, your eyes are open, you're driving, but yet you're still praying. Yes, you're baking dinner, you're doing all the different things, you're running errands, but yet you're still praying. Your spirit is continuing to pray. He said, but it only comes with the personal, relationship with me what the saints at Thessalonica did not understand or what they probably knew was that their faith was being empowered through persecution Let me said it again their faith their lifestyle their trust their dependency their reliance on Jesus Christ was being empowered through persecution Your faith, your power, your trust, your reliance, your dependency on Jesus Christ is being empowered through the trials and tribulations that you're going through right now in your life. The hell that you're experiencing right now in your life, your faith and your trust is being empowered through all the chaos and the stuff that you're going through right now in your life. They continue to go on in faith despite the townspeople trying to take their lives. Imagine saints, you're just trying to live for Jesus. That's it. They could not even walk outside of their house without the Jewish people ready to stone and ready to take them. They were mad, jealous, upset at how God was moving. And that's the reason why Paul had to flee because they might have thought that, listen, Paul has abandoned us. Paul has forgotten about us. He said, no, I had to get out of there because my life was being threatened. He said, but I'm going to send one of my sons to you to check on you to make sure everything is all right. He said, my desire and I long to be there with you because my life is threatened. I can't be there right now. But they went forth despite. The people trying to take their lives. You say, well, preacher, what are you talking about? We're reminded of Job. We all know the story of Job that we learned in Sunday school 25 years ago that Job was a man that he had favor with God that Job was a man that walked up right before God there was no one greater than Job Satan was walking to and fro trying to find somebody Satan didn't had, had nothing to do looking for somebody to be able to mess with and God said have you considered my servant Job didn't even ask Job's permission Job didn't even know what was going on but God said have you considered my servant Job he said well well you know what I was thinking about uh uh brother allergy over there I, I, I was thinking about mother Calvin but since you offered me Job I'll go ahead and take that he said because I realize that Job is mature enough in our relationship, that Job has grown enough in our relationship that you can do anything to him that he won't turn his back. He said you can do whatever you desire to do, just don't touch his life. The Bible says that Job went through so much, he lost his children. He lost everything that he had. He even had some friends that tried to come and encourage him, but they were talking crazy too. And then his wife had the audacity to come to him and said, Job, listen. Using my signified imagination, she came to Job and said, listen, wait a minute. Now, we had all this stuff. We had all this money. We had our kids. We had cows. We had houses. We had lands. We had cars. We had all of this stuff. And now we have nothing, and you still you still desire to love this man that has allowed everything to be taken from you. Job said, listen here, woman, do we not just, do we accept good from God and not bad? He said, do I only just stick with God in the in, in the good times, and not the bad times? He said, listen, you sound like a foolish woman. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart, but the name of the Lord shall be Praise. Is there anybody in here that you made up in your mind that listen come hell the tornadoes that come rain or shine that I'm going to continue to give God praise no matter what I'm going through. No matter if I feel like it. No matter if I desire to but I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continue to be on my lips. Job said I'm not going to he said my thankfulness it's not based on my current condition. He said, but it's based off the God of my condition. He said, my thankfulness, my joy, my happiness, my gladness is not based off of what I'm going through right now. But it's based off of the God who made the situation that I'm in. Listen, saints of God, we must get to the place. We must get into the position that we don't, we, we become so concerned about what we're going through. We become so concerned about the lack of money that we have become become so concerned about what we don't have. We become so concerned about what we need. And when we think if you think about it, if you all the time that you spend worrying about what you don't have or what you need, those are times that really you could be getting into God's face all the time that we spend complaining about what God, well, what, what God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to move like this by 515 tonight, because if you don't move by 515 tonight, I'm turning my back on you. If you don't move by 516 tonight, I'm not going to sing in the choir no more. When God gave you the voice to sing, how dare you tell God what you're not going to do? How dare you tell God what you're, how you're not going to serve? How dare you tell God when it was God that gave you what you had? It was God that gave you the gift that you had. It was God that made a way out of nowhere. It was God. And he says, listen, he said, listen, saints, sons, daughters, don't concentrate on what you're going through. Don't concentrate on what you don't have. Don't concentrate so much on what you need because the Bible says, listen, that we can come boldly before the throne of grace and give all of our supplication, give all of our requests before God and leave there knowing and believing that God has heard us and that he will answer every petition that we put before God, that takes faith. It takes faith, and it takes it takes a personal relationship to know that when I pray to God, I know he hears me. <laughs> Have you ever met somebody that you know they get a prayer through, and, bes- and, 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 and without you even praying about a certain situation for yourself, you quick to call the other individual because you know that when they pray, they bust down the walls of heaven? You just know it seeps through the cracks. It gets through. No matter what. That's what it's like when we go boldly before the throne of grace. We already know why I can go. Why? Well, Richie, what do you mean? Why do you say go boldly? But when I can go boldly, I can go boldly when I have a relationship. I'll go boldly before my earthly father when I ask him of something because I know I'm entitled to what he has because I'm his son. And because I'm in a right relationship. And that's why I can say, Daddy, I need such and such because I have a relationship with him. Nothing in this life just happens and I'm almost done. Uh, everything operates and coincides with the timing of God. Romans 8 28 reminds us and gives us, a, gives us encouragement by saying we are assured and know that God being partner in their labor all things work together and are fitting fitting until a plan for good to and for those who love God and who are called according to his design and his purpose. God has a special last design package for each of us individually. It's not like somebody else's. It's not a replicate. It's not the same. It's not a twin. It's just for you and I. Nothing happens without first getting authorization from God. There's something. There's something in it that first ought to lead us to him, but also that we can develop from it. Nothing in your life, saints of God, just happens. Nothing in your life just all of a sudden pops up out the blue and just say, you know what, I'm going to pick on so-and-so today. No, but everything that goes on in our life, it happens for a reason. And it's already, it's already, the Bible says, even if I formed you in your mother's womb already had a plan and purpose for your life. So it has already been predated for your life. And so the different things that you may be in, that you may be experiencing in life right now, listen. Don't become so. Don't become so shocked or caught off guard. No, God isn't shocked. God isn't caught off guard. He knew what was going to happen because he had already. He knew the end already from the beginning. And so when we're experiencing right now in our life, we have to remember what Paul said. Look at the at the B part of verse eighteen. He says, "For this is the will of God for you." Who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and the mediator of that will. For this is the will of God for you. This is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you. Yes. So what's going on and happening in your life right now, or what you may be experiencing right now, it is not just by happenstance. But it's all a part of the plan of God and it's all fitting to the will of God for your life. But listen, some of us, we can attest and we can testify tonight. Some of the stuff that God is using for His will, we don't always like it. Amen. Oh, don't nobody want to talk? Okay. That's all right. Everything that he uses to develop us, everything that he uses to mold us, everything that he uses to shape us for his will. We don't always like it. Everything that he does, everything that he uses, every situation, every person that he uses to shape us and to mold us into his will is not always comfortable. Doesn't always seem like the best thing. He said, but take comfort in knowing that this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you. And because all of this is my will, give me thanks. He said, because I am working all this stuff out for your good, give me thanks. He said, "Because, because I am turning some things around, because I'm developing you, because I'm pulling some things out of you that you knew not of, Give me thanks. He said, because I'm fixing some things up and turning some things around and turning some situations around that I'm fixing you up before I give you what you really desire. Realize to give me thanks. Because Paul had to realize Paul had to give them his testimony and he had to let him let them know that. Listen. I'm not I'm not who I used to be. I'm not the one that I was before. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not the murderer. I'm not the accuser that I used to be. But now, I am an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm a special messenger of Jesus Christ. And when I look back at what I was and I look at where I am right now, I can't do nothing but thank God. Somebody ought to look, look back right now at your life and realize what you used to be. Because that's all the church is. A room full of used to be. Used to be an alcoholic. Used to be A drug abuser. Used to be this. Used to be that. But with the supernatural power of God, one day God caught my attention. One day He got my mind and He transformed my entire life. And because of that, I can thank Him in all things. I've got a reason to thank Him. And even if it's just for the small things. I still have a reason to thank him. Still have a reason. Paul is saying only the mature people, only the mature believers can thank me in the midst of everything because they have their relationship with me and knowing that they may be tossed to and fro, but I got them. They may be hard-pressed on every side, but I got them. They may be confused. They may be messed up in their minds, but I got them. Somebody needs to hear that today. Somebody needs to hear that today. That no matter where you are right now in your current life, in your current situation, God has you. He has you. And where you are right now, the time has not been delayed. Blessings have not been delayed. But this is part of God's development in you. Because sometimes we have to realize, Brother Mike, that the situation that we're in right now, we can get out of it by saying two words. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Where you at right now, you can get out by just saying, God, I thank you. I don't understand. I don't understand everything that's going on, but I thank you. I don't like everything that's happening, God, but I like you and I thank you. I don't like how I feel but I like how you feel about me, so I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Because when you begin to thank God, when you begin to lift up holy hands before God, and you truly begin to worship God, all of a sudden, all of that stuff that you was worried about has a way of going out the window. All the things that was bottling your mind, just just, just weighing your spirit, vexing your spirit has a way of leaving when you get in the presence of God. Because why? In the presence of God, there's a fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Everybody's standing. I know we've shouted. I know we've danced. I know we lifted up holy hands and thank God. But I dare somebody right now just to begin to lift up hands just thank God. Don't ask him for nothing. Just thank him. 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 Because once you start thanking God, sometimes tears will roll down your, roll down your face. Sometimes you just begin to rock back and forth. Sometimes you just throw your hands up and just say hallelujah. Will you look back and think just how good God has been to you when you rightfully didn't deserve it? You've rebelled, you've sinned, you've done stuff that you shouldn't have done, you said things you shouldn't have done, you've been trifling. He said, but because I love you and I made you a promise and said that I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you, I'll do it for you anyway. Come on, open up your mouth and just thank him. Come on, open up your mouth and just thank him. Thank him. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, despite how I feel, God, I thank you. I may be aching in my body, but God, I thank you. I may be confused in my mind, but I thank you, Lord. I may be hurting in my heart, hurting in my spirit, vexed in my spirit, but I thank you, Lord. Everything may not be going the way that I desire for it to be at home, but God, I thank you. I may not have the job that I want, but I have a job, so I thank you. I may not be driving the car that I want, but God, I thank you for the job that I do have, so I thank you. I may not be eating lobster every day, Father God, but I thank you for the food that I do have on my cabinet. I may not be design designer suit, and clothes and fat farm jeans but God I thank you Lord God for the Walmart brand. God I thank you for everything that you're doing in my life. I thank you for how you transformed me. I thank you for how you renewed me. God I thank you how you reached down and you bought me out when I was almost to almost going to hell but you picked up my life and you turned me around Father God. I thank you for saving my soul. I thank you for keeping me oh God when I want to be kept. I thank you Lord God. I thank you. Come on, just thank him. Come on, lay all your burdens down by thanking them.